So I'm just going to switch things. Well, we to... do have a bit of a giggle sometimes. We do. We do. I'm just going to switch things to um, not emergency. The other thing. Aeroplane. The aeroplane. Yes. You're going to switch the aeroplane to emergency. I'm going to switch the aeroplane to emergency because you can never be too careful. You can't. No. Just to let you know. Especially when... We're all counting on you. (laughs) Just want to tell you both good luck. We're all counting on you. (laughs) Oh, fabulous. Uh... But yes, I <clears throat> I just wanted to make sure that things weren't going to go bleep and bing and poodly 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 and whoop, they do whoop, that. Whoop, and yeah, my mine usually goes whoop whoop whoop. To be honest, <laughs> something's horribly gone wrong. <laughs> like that. Yeah, all sorts of grim noises that mean no, this is not this has not gone well. Yes. So, well, we, I mean, here we are. Well, poke the fire a bit. Yeah, we can do that. Poke, 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 crackle, crackle. Yeah, I'm doing. I'm doing special effects. I can hear that. It's uh, it's it's like it's like Hollywood in here. Um, I'm currently marauding around the west coast of the United States, the former United States, with Keanu Reeves with a robot arm. So how about that? I I don't think I can say anything to that, to be honest. Just saying it's... Is it happening? It's happening. It's happening. So, you know, next time somebody tells me I've never achieved anything in life... Excuse me. Which they do quite often, let's face it. (laughs) Do not. You don't know. You just go, excuse me, Keanu Reeves rides shotgun and we're marauding around the West yeah. formal United States. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I have, I have, I mean, I've, in, in fairness, I have long had Keanu Reeves in my head. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. No, you're not. I should behave. Why? <laughs> Why? Why? Because we're doing. Frithcast, and it's and it's important to be very formal and proper. <laughs> and besides which, I've been watching Agent no, Agents of Carter. Agents of Carter. Agents of Mars. Agents of Mars. <laughs> Agent Carter of Mars. Agent yes. Carter of Mars. <laughs> I would watch the heck out of Agent Carter of Mars. That would be a bit good, wouldn't it? That would be a bit awesome. Well, I've been watching that. You see, Agent Carter. You see, and I've, I've, I've. I think I've started to realise how British I sound. <laughs> well, yes. I should say how English I sound. Yes. Because not every Britain Britain sounds like this. No. By any stretch. I'm just, you know, imagining Margaret Carter Jeddak of Mars, and it's kind of working for me. It's, <laughs> maybe it's just me, but it's working. She'd whip them all into shape in no time. She would. Yes. Um. Anyway. Um. At the. Uh, um. May I. <laughs> Behave. May I ask what we are doing for the Frithcaster this evening? 
Hello, lovely listeners. Of course. Hello. You have to say, hello, lovely listeners. Hello, lovely listeners. Welcome around the virtual campfire. Do I have to say that as well? Yes. Welcome around the virtual campfire. Settle in, warm your knees. Me? Again? Uh, Yes, yeah. Keep going. Settle in, warm your knees. There's a biscuit tin around here somewhere, kettle's on. There's a biscuit tin around here somewhere, kettle's on. And I pledge allegiance to Hedley Lamar. Who wouldn't? (laughs) And for the... (laughs) (laughs) And to the evil for which he stands. Wait, I'm not sure I remember that bit in our welcome... But never mind. No, that was that was. I was just. I was just. Last time, I was listening to people sort of doing the call, the the, the sort of repeat after me thing. Oh right. It okay. was that you see. Okay. Anyway, mm. here we are. Here the lovely listeners are. We hope. We are. Hopefully um, they've not run off at the mention of Hedley Lamar. Possible. It's always possible. Uh, Hedy Lamar. Hedy Lamar. Who he was named after, so that they could keep doing the running gag about how he wanted to sue her because because of the name. Hedy Lamar was an actress in Hollywood. She was a bit of a radio genius, wasn't she? Was she radio? She was a whole kind of frequency engineer Oh, yeah, thing. sorry, yeah, that was the thing I was going to say. Yeah. Sorry, you, you flummoxed me. I was going to say she's a, she's a Hollywood star. Mm. But, yes, she was also... She also invented a... It was like a, a frequency cycling... Rotating frequency. Rotating frequency system. Rotate shield frequencies. Yes. Dates. Yeah. Basically, it was. It was. Was she working on torpedoes or something? It was. A, yeah. It was like a, a, a torpedo. Stop them being, like, I don't know. I can't remember. Jammed or something, but I'm you rotated the signal frequency on it, and therefore they couldn't be. Yeah, and and the, or... the thing that she designed, the system that she designed, went into developed into the technologies which some of the technology which is the basis of bluetooth radio so it's head headley headley namar and eric bloodaxe basically yeah got together wow had a bouncing bluetooth baby well yeah not knocked up this sort of that's, you know yeah, handy, handy radio system sideways yeah we now use to communicate between devices mm. it's kind of clever but it makes you it makes you think you really you, you think about somebody and you think oh yeah you know famous for being an actor or an actress or what have you mm. and then suddenly you find she's oh crikey she's also an engineering genius and there's no reason why she shouldn't be no it's just not something you tend to just stomped up to eric bloodaxe and said why won't you share yes oh god <laughs> oh crikey <laughs> so yes hello lovely listeners welcome around the virtual campfire i'm welcome. sorry listeners i don't understand the question <laughs> god <laughs> Welcome to Frithcast episode 107. 107. We are into our triple digits and roaring away from our episode 100 at, at full speed ahead. We'll all be murdered in our beds. <laughs> Put the brake on, Henry. It doesn't suit me. <laughs> <laughs> so this is 107. It which is, is like 107. Which is like one better than James Bond. Technically, yeah. If you put the one there. Or you could say we're a hundred better than James Bond. How about that? Could do that too. Yeah. 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 That's going to be worth shaking your martini over, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Seven with a hundred zeros in front of it. That's a whole lot of zeros. Well, based on, based on what Casino Royale tells us that they mean, that's going to be carnage, isn't it? <laughs> Yeah, that's a whole kind of freebird level of carnage, isn't mm. it, really? Yep, yep. Only bigger. 
Yeah. Yeah. That's um, go Colin Firth in a suit. It is. Mm. I know. I know that's going to distract you. I know it. You carry on. I'll be I've, back. Okay. <laughs> Lovely listeners, while Kate is distracted, welcome to episode one oh seven of the, <laughs> this long-running popular record <laughs> called Frithcast. <laughs> <laughs> welcome to the light program. <laughs> yes. Light on brains. I'm Suzanne Martin. I am half of your host today around the virtual campfire. I'm a heathen with a head full of, yeah, random stuff. Mostly mm. random stuff. A lot of it is, is related to heathenry, though. So Some yeah. of it is. It can be quite useful. Six in, degrees in, of separation. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yes. And um, um, I'm, I'm, I'm not Suzanne. I'm, I'm approximately two-eighths of a host. That's a quarter, isn't it? Yeah. Yeah, I forgot to I forgot to reduce it down. Maybe three eighths. Three eighths of a host. And my name is Kate, and I am a um, druidy thing who happens to live here. Yeah. So I I get involved because otherwise I'd just be stamping around upstairs or something, and you know. Yeah. Welcome aboard, lovely listeners. Hmm. Welcome around the virtual campfire. If you are shiny, brand new, boy, have you got some random stuff to come? <laughs> if you are well experienced in the randomness, we would ask you not to operate heavy machinery. Do not drive while giggling. If Frithcast makes you drowsy, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we've done and you it wrong. To go to sleep, bonus. <laughs> We're not doing it right. Yeah, if it doesn't make you drowsy, also good. <laughs> come and settle in with us, lovely listeners. We are looking today at maybe to have a little bit of a chat around the theme of being prepared. Prepared. Being prepared. Be prepared being the the scouting motto and the guiding motto mm-hmm. for the, the scouts worldwide movement and the guides worldwide movement, which some of you lovely listeners may have experienced or have knowledge of. Yeah. And that understanding of thinking ahead to what may come and being able to prepare for that, make provision for that. Expect the unexpected. Nobody expects the... Yeah. Nobody expects the unexpected. Because it's unexpected. They don't. You can't expect the unexpected, because if you expect it, it's expected. So therefore... Yes. But you do expect the Spanish Inquisition, because they send you a letter beforehand. They do! Yes. They do! They send, you a, they send you a notification several weeks in advance, saying we're going to come and, like, and, like inquisit audit your village yeah why on earth you wouldn't spend those several weeks just moving the whole village to like somewhere else i mean they did it with rock ridge yeah yeah i'd, I'd be, I'd be cardboard pretty much... cutouts leave the village idiot and two chickens they can go and expect those leg it into the woods yeah stay there for a week chill out to be honest I've, I've, I've that makes me think about robin hood and and you know the the, the merry men setting up there mm campsite in the woods and stuff and I've always thought actually that'd be really nice because the way it's described in the books and things it never rains and they never get fleas it never rains there's always like lovely flowers and bunnies and things yeah they never hit a patch of mud do they never fleas never mud no no fleas and no, the only... no bitey insects yeah no sunburn it... they've always got food yeah don't get that and it's always perfectly cooked yeah I mean there is nothing worse complete diversion than being cold and hungry and damp, and then your fire won't start, so you can't even have a hot cuppa. Nope. Or hot food because or it's taking like 
you know, hours to cook something yeah. because you're on an open source of heat. So the heat is radiating out in all directions rather than just being in a very concentrated spot. Yeah. Cooking on an open fire is a completely different experience. Yeah, I imagine it would be. Cooking on a, on a hob or a stove. Yeah, but but for me, yeah, my, my money would be on, let's leg it into the woods and just, like... Let them inquisit the chickens and then once they've... up there for Once they've weeks. sent the next letter and moved on, we can go back. Mm. Yeah. Basically, yeah. Yeah. Maybe it's just hindsight. But I do want to talk today, I want to start with um, a goat today. Okay, that's thrown me. I, I mean, I mean, the goat's thrown me. I mean, <laughs> I wasn't riding the goat. I was not prepared. <laughs> why? Why Point. are we doing? Why are we doing a goat? Exactly? Okay. Do you remember a film from a few years ago called Hoodwinked? I do. I think. And in there, there is a mountain goat. There is. Who has different horns, and he has horns to open pickles and horns to hold his keys. What's his name? Ja- Japeth. 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 Yeah. Japeth being prepared. Yes, because of course he's got he is. different yes. horns for everything, and he's got horns that will help him watch television, and the horns that will help him do all of these different kind of jobs around the house. Yes, and he just like unscrews the ones he's got and screws the ones he wants. Yeah, just takes one set off and yep. puts another yep. set on. I remember so him. So he is prepared, and through the film, there is great play on the fact that he can turn around and go, "I was prepared." Yeah. So yeah, um, he's one that I'm thinking of a little bit at the moment. Yeah, isn't there? Yeah, see, I'm I'm thinking of the song now from the Disney film, and I can't think which one it was. Okay. Was it Lion King? Yes. No. Was be it prepared? Be prepared. Yeah. Yeah. Scar singing to his minions. There will be a change in. Um, <gasps> Jeremy Irons. The glorious Jeremy Irons. That voice. Queer coded Scar for the win, but the glorious, glorious voice of Jeremy Irons. Mm-hmm. Saying to his minions, we are going to be preparing and there is going to be a huge change of leadership and I'm going to be taking over, hence the song Be Prepared. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah, I wanted to talk this episode, not get distracted by queer coding and Disney villains, but I wanted to talk in this episode about this concept of being prepared and how practical it is for us nowadays Mm. to follow that concept as modern heathens. And thinking about 10th century peoples Mm. and how if they were not prepared, that that would essentially have much worse consequences than for somebody in the modern age who perhaps is not prepared. I mean, for what specifically? Are we we thinking of a particular range of things or...? Well, yeah, there's, I mean, there's three verses in the Havamal, so I'm going to, I want to see if I can touch on all of those three as we go through. Okay. Because the seasons in Northern Europe, the seasons are slightly out of whack. You get a shorter summer and Mm. a much longer winter. Okay. It's much colder than it is here in the UK. Yeah. If that's at all possible. Mm. It is much colder (laughs) up there than it is down here. And so they have to contend with things like, you know, ice freezing up the bay, which might cut your supply chain off. Mm. It might cut off your ability to trade. It might cut off your ability to fish. Yeah. To get food, to get goods and services from other places coming to you, or you being able to take your goods and get them out to somewhere else to sell them or exchange them and then to come back. Mm. We mean summer and winter are the same length, but the the, the, the nights get very, very yes long and very, very, the very, very nighty. Very, very long, very, very nighty. Um, and now I've got, let's do it from Victoria Wood in my head. No, not that kind of nighty. 
Wrong nighty. Bad, bad, wrong nighty. No. Um, I knew I pulled a muscle when I did that, Grouty. Oh, God. Oh, God. <laughs> Lovely listeners, we're going to put you a link to the ballad of Barry and Frieda. If you haven't heard before, haven't heard it before, <laughs> please do not be driving when you listen to that particular... No. <laughs> or doing anything that requires your hands to be steady or your brain to be focused on anything else than what you're listening to. So that, yeah, the 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 summer, the warmer temperatures are very are much briefer up there. You get much, much more snow, ice and cold temperatures. Yeah. So that change in weather you have to be prepared for. You mm. have to watch for the change in seasons to the point where you've got to be able to time being able to put the first furrows in your earth and plant your seeds you've got to be able to plant them with enough time to grow in a very short growing season but if you plant them too early they and you get a frost mm. they get killed and yeah. you have no more seed yeah so you've got to be able to time when you do that mm. in that growing cycle and maybe that is uh still a an issue for some of us, some of heathens who may be farmers, yeah. who may be growing their own food in a garden or an allotment or on their own land, mm. or have an awareness of that natural cycle that they have to follow. Yeah. You have to put it in after the frosts, but give your plants as long as you can mm. to grow in before you can get them safely harvested away, because it's no good missing the frosts having the growing season, but only getting half of what you expect back at the end because yeah. you've got to cut them out because the autumn frost... It's frozen in. again. It's frozen again. Yeah. So you've got that very, very short natural window to get it right, to yeah. be prepared for. And, yeah, some of us might still follow those cycles, but for somebody in the 10th century, you might have that time for growing and that time for harvesting and that time for preparing mm. the preparing of the earth before the seeds go in or before the plants go in um, you might have that again if you've got animals and livestock you have to look to get them to raise their young at a particular time so the young are strong enough to make it through the winter on their own by the time they get to that winter Yeah, and you have to then look in sort of the late October time about what herd you're going to keep through the winter time, what food and uh, what animal feed you've got, how many animals you can afford to keep, yeah, which ones you need to slaughter and how you are going to spend your time preparing that meat or saving that meat or finding ways to keep that meat so that you can continue to use it through the winter. And it's this absolute balance yeah. that you've got to make those decisions year on year. And even then... When you try and prepare, you still might end up with something unanticipated coming in. Mm, mm. You might end up with a blight on crops or an early frost or a um, livestock that you expect to produce young that doesn't. Yeah. Or that produces too many. Yeah. So you've got... Lots of know, variables. In those times, a lot of variables. So I think their emphasis on being prepared mm. is is huge. So what does that mean to us now? Where do we take it? We might have less on the direct reliance on us being self-sufficient in our food. We might choose to be self-sufficient. Yeah. But we might know that we're able to get food if we need it. Mm. We might not be financially able 
no. we might not have a lot of spare finances. And maybe is part of being prepared having savings that you can use in to help cushion something unexpected that arrives. Yeah, I mean, if you've... But then, of course, you end up in the situation that, you know, not everybody is in the, in the position of having the opportunity to do that. No. You know. So, yeah, is, is being prepared just finances and food or is being prepared other things as well? Mm. We have access to things now that our 10th century peoples wouldn't have had. They think we're magic. They would think we're pretty much magic, yeah. Just by our existence mm. of maybe the fact that we've had vaccinations as a child. Yeah. Maybe the fact that we had broken bones or serious injury or illness as a child and we've survived it. Yeah. Maybe the fact that, you know, there's a larger proportion of people now can read and write. Mm. And we think nothing of carrying a a computer in our pocket that can link to a global internet and tell us the weather in Abu Dhabi to the minute. Yeah. Or the sunset in Mecca to the minute. Mm. Or allow us to look at a recipe from across the world or talk to a friend on a video call. Mm. The connectedness we have now is immense. Yeah. So... Yeah, to a 10th century person, they might say, well, what are you doing? You know, who are you bartering with? Where is your trade links? Where is your status? Where is your wealth? Mm. But maybe we have a different emphasis now in this world. So where does being prepared, how does that translate for us? Maybe so. I mean, it's, I, I mean, I think it's fair to say that probably the majority of us, at least in, you know, in what I tentatively call the West, you know, we are extremely fortunate to be in a position where a lot of the things that we face, you know, are we can we don't have to be prepared for a lot of the things that they would have to deal be dealing with mm. because we simply rely on somebody else to do it. Yes. Production of food and what have you being being key. You know, yeah. most of us do not. Some of us will will produce our own food in terms of you know we'll grow some things in the garden and all that that kind of stuff and you know and that's great and some of us doubtless will run you know larger properties than that and actually do farming mm. and things you know so I'm certainly not sort of trying to kind of lump everybody together but you know for many of us we simply do have that assumption that food will be there food, food will always be available for yeah. us. And we can at any point take the wealth that we have and go and purchase some mm. of some kind. Yeah. It might not be that we've got a whole lot of wealth. Nope. But we can choose to spend some of that on food. Mm. So, yeah, it puts me in mind of three verses from the Havamal. Mm. And they're all from quite early on. And what I think makes me smile most is that the very first verse of the Havamal is about being prepared. Okay. The first verse, I'm going to paraphrase it. It's about when you walk into a hall or a dwelling, you've got to look about and see where your foeman, where people are sitting, what what they're doing, what they're acting like. Because you don't know where an attack's going to come from, if one's going to come from inside that hall. Mm -hmm. Where might it come from? That being prepared, that wariness when you walk into a space. Where are the exits? Where are the exits? And how many people are you going to have to kill to get to them? Yes, we're back to Freebird again, aren't we? I'm just... I'm being prepared. 
<laughs> so yeah, where are the exits? How many people do I have to kill to get to them? Does sound like a Saturday trip to Ikea. Because <laughs> once you get in there, better people have tried and failed yeah. to get out of those stores. <laughs> So I remember I remember going into 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 one a few years ago and and there was no violence or anything obviously but it was only by the skin of our teeth we actually managed to get out because yeah all the all the little aisles and 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 sort of alleyways of 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 gorgeous stuff they all just kept like folding in on themselves <laughs> looping yeah once you're in there and it's like whichever way we went Monkey trap. We were coming back in yeah. from the other side. It was like it was like John Keel going to Point Pleasant. It was like you try and drive out of the village and you f- yeah. the town and you find yourself coming back in on the other road. It was like that. That was I I I, I don't know whether they're all like that. Probably. I mean Yeah. You know, Marketing strategy. Yeah, I suppose. Yeah. I suppose. So but, yeah. very first verse of the Havamal says don't go to IKEA. Okay. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. It does say, paraphrasing, that when you walk in through a door, you should be looking all about you, Mm. spying about, because there might be a foeman, uh, an enemy, sat in there. Yes. That you've got to be able to scan around and see. Don't walk in there and walk in blind and sit yourself down by the hearth, because you might miss something. Yeah. So that being aware, being prepared, being present, and you'll, moment. you'll get something jabby between the shoulder blades. Yes, yeah. Yeah. So there's two other verses. Ikea's probably lovely. I've been in one in my <laughs> life, I think. Um and and it's just it's just it's just nice stuff. I'm not saying that because they're sponsoring us or anything like that. All I'm I'm just a bit worried that people like we don't want to think we don't want people to think we're like trying to put you off going to IKEA. We don't want people to think we're encouraging you to go to IKEA. It was just, it, it, it was other just. Other furniture stores. Other furniture stores are, are available. available. We 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 kind of just picked that one because that was one I got lost in once. Yeah. And that was all. And thank you very much. Here ends the lesson. That was very formal. Well, I didn't know how to, because otherwise I would just rabbit on forever, <laughs> and I didn't know how to stop. <laughs> I rarely know how to stop talking. This it's is the trouble. Like spelling banana, isn't it? Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, second half a mile verse that this being prepared theme comes into is verse number 38, which basically says, don't go out on the road, as in don't go out beyond your settlement without being prepared for war. Okay. Don't go out there without your weaponry because you don't know when you're going to come across a situation that basically is going to need a sharp pointy stick that you're going to jab somebody with. Yeah. I mean, this is what happens. You go out beyond your... Did Vikings have palisade walls and stuff? Yeah. Around the Yeah, Trelleborg had them, yeah. 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 Because, I mean, you don't build those for no reason. You don't tend to build... I mean, they're very lovely to hang pennants off and, like, wee little, you know, floofy lanterns and... Yeah. Camping core. Do you get camping core? Is that, like, the same as cottage core and vintage core and... Oh, like... Um, you get, like, little cute bell tents with pennants on. It's Yeah, it's kind of like those, but yeah. less bell tenty and more spiky. Yeah. But, yeah, palisade, wooden palisade walls. I'm, I mean, I'm saying, you know, that's that's the thing. You would build... You would, you or, would... you know, uh, the walls of Asgard are stone, but... Yes, but they're gods. They Yes, they are, yeah. 
Mostly, technically, gods. Yeah. And I was sort of just thinking, you know, the the the, the fact of your if you if when you go out, right, of your village, mm. and you you've you've got a load of stuff you're taking to a village down the road to trade or whatever it is you're doing. Mm-hmm. If on the way out of your village you have to pass through a gate in a palisade wall, yep. your village is telling you something. Yes. It's saying, out here be dragons. Maybe yes. not dragons. Crunchy, brie, yeah, I remember <laughs> them. Yeah. Literally dragons in some cases. <clears throat> Literally dragons in some cases, but mostly like people with people with spiky sticks who will come and try and take all your stuff off you. Yes, reminding me of the... Anglo-Saxon, Anglo-Saxon Chronicle, Raid on Lindisfarne, 793. Mm. It's uh, it, that entry. The Anglo-Saxon Chronicle, if you've never read it before or come across it before, it's essentially like one tweet per year. Very, very brief. It's like a handwritten Twitter account that's one tweet per year that gives you all of the news for that year. In a single tweet. Nice. They're a very, very short thing. And the one for 793 basically says there are... This year, there was there was all the manner of portents in the sky and it, it kind of... We got horrible, horrible things and there were dragons flying in the firmament and our holy monastery of Lindisfarne got raided by the men from the north and we're not best impressed about it. And no. we're the ones who can read and write, so we're going to write that they were horrible. Yeah. Yeah. Because... because they say history is written by the winners. History is written by the winners. If in this case history is written by the people who could read and write. I was going to say if the winners <laughs> can read and write, yes. <laughs> history is written by the people that got picked on in this case. Yeah. Um, yeah, they went and uh, the, the the raiders of the time went and made a withdrawal at the bank of Monk, and the monks were not expecting this. <laughs> they were not prepared. Which is why they sh- that the, the the advice would have been good to them. Yes, the the being prepared. Yeah, yeah. But the um on a on a on another note, I also need to read this and find out exactly what the portents in the sky and things were because that sounds interesting. Yeah, it literally says there were there were portents and I I'm I'm sure fiery the... things in the dragons in the firmament and that's about all you actually get. It doesn't tell you what the portents were. It just says there were some. Well, on behalf of the internet, I think we can assume that they were aliens. Yeah, it's a pretty good assumption. Actually. That's that's what the internet would say. Yeah, I'm sure it is. So yeah, usually or kittens, alien kittens, also good. So they 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 do little cute bouncing around, being all cute, padding at things with their little paddies. Mm-hmm. Right? Toe beans. Toe beans, and just being in mad mad cute, and then they open their mouth and go, <laughs> and that little inner set of jaws comes out <laughs> like that, and then it just pulls your nose off. This has a huge familiarity to a Pomeranian vampire, doesn't it? Oh yeah. Yeah. You may. <laughs> Gah. You made a vampire out of a goddamn Pomeranian. <laughs> I remember that. Yeah, I'd forgotten about that. So, yeah, second verse. Basically, when you step outside the bonds of your known hall into the unknown, mm-hmm. prepare for what might happen to you yes. going out of there. And this verse is, verse 38 is all about take your weapons of war. You know, yes, take your stuff to trade. Yeah. And yes, maybe make some good friends along the way and have some good times. But also take your weapons of war. Mm. If 
you wish for peace, then... Civis Parkem Parabellum. Civis Parkem Parabellum. Mm. So, yeah. Very much that. So, it's interesting for me that they talk, in that verse, they talk about spears. They they talk about basically taking your spear with you. Mm -hmm. Not your sword with you or your armour with you, but your spear. Because the spear is the the weapon that the majority of 10th century raiding peoples are armed with a spear yeah. not a sword mm. swords are pricey swords are serious bling and armor is serious serious bling so most people have got a spear maybe a shield maybe a long knife job done yeah yeah you might end up with armor depending on who else dies on your voyage that <laughs> you need their kit the third verse is verse 60 in the Havamal, and that's not talking about going out and going for war or talking about visiting a hall, but being prepared. We talked at the beginning about being prepared for that season's turn mm, mm. and having all the preparations in your home that you need to have. Yeah. So they talk of having firewood and kindling and storing enough that you know you've got enough for three quarters of a year okay stored up all the time mm. because you don't know when there's going to be a problem and you're going to end up with a forest fire and you're going to end up losing all your fuel yeah you don't and you don't know whether the last few days of autumn are not going to be long enough for you to be able to cut down a tree and dry and season the logs out mm. or get enough fuel for your fire so it basically says keep enough in yeah that you're always going to... You, you know that you've got enough that you can just afford to have a day or two to top that up yeah. and not have to go and replace the whole store. Yeah. So there it's more about, you know, can you cushion a blow if it comes in? Yeah. So are you... I don't know what the modern equivalent would that would be. I think it would probably have to be, have you got enough in savings to cushion a blow if it comes in? Yeah. Have you got enough in savings if you're, if you're, for an unexpected bill or an unexpected repair? Yeah, I was going to say if your car breaks down or something yeah. like that. and Or you find that you lose your job. Yeah. Or you find that some other financial thing hits. Have you got something to be able to cushion that? Mm -hmm. I think that's probably where my brain is going on that verse rather than having kindling and firewood yeah. which we don't tend to use any of because we don't have any wood burning stoves in our house mm. what's the equivalent to that but the principle having remains. that yeah that that principle of there are things that you need so whether it's whether it's collecting kindling to be able to run your 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 mm. open fire half half yeah. fire and or... an open half fire will take I don't know. It takes a lot more wood than you think it takes. Oh yeah, definitely. My um... <laughs> a lot more to collect everything, and it's then burned in about half an hour. And you think, well, oh, well, pants. Now I've got to go out and collect some more. Yeah, I know. I remember a a, a, a relative, uh, some uh, an auntie and uncle of mine, who um, had an open fire, mm. and obviously back then I wasn't as as sort of environmentally conscious as I try to be now. Mm. Um, you know, so I I didn't. Uh, I didn't see any reason to sort of harangue them over it, but uh, yeah, they would off, they would run a, a, a an open fire in the in the grate, and 
it, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I, mm-hmm. I don't mind admitting I, I was a, something of a pyromaniac as a child. <laughs> <clears throat> so I would love nothing more than sitting in front of it, just throwing bits of paper and stuff in it. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they, they would have to keep a, a, a sort of, you know, stack of stack of sticks and logs and things to, yeah. to keep it running. And they'd get cold and the coal, the guy would come around with the coal bags every now and then. Yeah. Coal man with a coal, uh, yeah. yeah, coal man and, with a... And yeah, it chewed through an enormous amount of stuff. Yeah, enormous, enormous amount of fuel. So to have mm. fuel for nine months, mm. and especially then if you think that at least part of that nine months is going to be winter. Yeah. So then you're looking at, you know, maybe in summertime you're only looking at having the fire to cook on. Mm. Um, but in winter you might want to run it all the time because you need it to keep the building warm. Yeah. Uh, but the same thing applies now. I mean, for us, because I mean, yes, it's it is easier to get the energy to us, yes, and get it warm yeah. in the house. That's you know because we have we have more basically they just transmit the energy to us and we just use it and switch it on and that's that's fine. Yeah. We don't have to worry so about keeping the fire going. Of it mm. and there's always the ability to turn it off and turn it on, which they would never have had. No, which, you know, is a, is is one way in which we are fortunate to live in the time that we do. But we still have to pay for it. Yes. So, yes, the, 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 the sort of principle, I think, remains the same. It's it's easier for us to, to sort of make a payment online and then the, the, the energy comes and warms our house than it would have been to... to you know, wait for somebody to come around with logs or coal or whatever and then... Yeah, and have to calculate how much you'd need yeah. before you knew he was coming back. Yeah, the but, coal... the, but the principle is the same. You know, it, we, we we prepare for winter and we don't think... I think, I mean, we've, we've, we will have said before, I'm sure, you know, we don't think of winter the way that they did. No. You know, the reason we have all these midwinter festivals and things. You know, for us, they're just a, 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 a reason why we have to go out and spend money and buy presents and all that kind of thing. Yeah. For them, it was a celebration of the fact that winter's halfway through and they've made it so far. Yes. <laughs> yeah. From here, it theoretically gets easier. Yeah. Yeah. So there is a theme of being prepared and it, it brings me in mind of one of the rooms almost from the middle of the sequence, Issa. Mm. And... The Rune Poems will talk about Issa as something that looks really beautiful, but is really, you know, can be quite dangerous to try and tread on it. Yeah. Because it's slippery and it's that being prepared and knowing what you're walking into. Mm. Or that feeling frozen, feeling static and desiring nothing more than to move. Cold never bothered me anyway. Yes. <laughs> Sorry. No, you're not. <laughs> So that feeling a desire to move, but being not not being able to because of external circumstances, mm. that sort of pressure building up of if only I can move, that will make me feel better. But it's like pogo sticking on a glacier. It's not your best plan ever. Yeah, it's not. Yeah, there are several different ways in which this could go wrong. There are spectacular <laughs> ways in which this could go wrong. So there with. Issa, you're thinking, right, what can I plan? Mm. What can I prepare? What can I get ready so that when I can move, I can move in precisely the direction I want to and I don't have to waste any time in making that start to my journey? Yeah. So maybe Issa is also reflecting that preparedness, Mm. that ability to know what you want to aim for it and to be able to move as soon as you're able. Yeah. 
but again to watch what you're walking into <laughs> to, to be, not injure yourself and be ready yeah yeah be ready be be aware be maybe be mindful mm. to have present awareness the Havamal also talks about you know it's no good sitting there and worrying at night because you'll wake up your worries are just the same and you'll be tired yes and you're like yeah thanks lovely listeners if you work out how to do this <laughs> tell me how <laughs> because <clears throat> yeah I've always I've always whenever I, I I'm a worrier mm. um, I don't mind admitting um, I have the old I have the anxiety and uh, it always kind of always kind of breaks my mind a little bit when people when when you say to them, no I'm, I'm really worried about such a thing mm. you know I'm really worried about and it'll be something fairly removed from you like you know what are they going to do what are the government going to do or what are, you know this sort of thing and I'm, like, I'm worried about this or I'm worried about that and people will say well you can't change it so there's no point worrying about it <laughs> and I'm like All right that's why I'm worrying about it. <laughs> I because can't I can't it. change it. Yeah. If I could change it, I'd just change it and not have to worry. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, maybe there's two sides to this being prepared. Yes. This <laughs> being, they're very rational, they're very realistic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah, maybe there is that side of being prepared, but there's also following kind of a, a research, a, a thought on research about raiding. Mm. The people like like the monks at Lindisfarne when they raided them, they had no clue that that was what was going to happen. No, they had no inkling that they had no warning. They had no advance kind of, by the way, letter from the Spanish Inquisition. We're going to be with you in about three weeks. Put the kettle on. Yeah, yeah. they had none of that. It just kind of happened. And so it, I don't know. My thoughts are thinking: Can you fully be prepared for something that comes at you completely sideways? No. And that blindsides you on some idle Tuesday. That's the, that's, I, yes. Yeah. And can you fully prepare for something that is as unexpected as a raid by Northmen across the sea on your beautiful, peaceful monastic community? Your quiet little island, yeah. Built, you know, a a house in praise of your God and you Mm. have built a community there and then suddenly that happens and you're just like, Wait, I fam, I am shook. <laughs> That's essentially what the Anglo-Saxon Chronicle is saying to us for mm. the year seven nine three is just fam, I am shook. I have we have no clue. We were not prepared. Yeah. What so, what the hell just happened? What 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 was the what <laughs> how what? Yeah. So yeah. is there then something about the Viking ships that allowed them to raid and essentially they were raiding in these unexpected places. Mm. They were raiding in places that did not anticipate it no. until much later on when they were starting to get that kind of awareness in the towns and cities and there ports. are these people who there will occasionally drop who on will you. Come and drop on you and nickel your shinies and all of your wine and take it away. And, Scar- <laughs> and Scarborough went and Scarborough went Bring it. Bring it. Yeah, we have that now. <laughs> we'll just build these bonfires on top of a hill and just roll them down on yeah. you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, but I was thinking about what it must have been like to experience those first raids mm. and have no 
concept of what was happening, what what you could do. Those people didn't speak your language. They didn't clearly didn't come from your culture, yeah. and it's the it's the ship, the Viking ship that enables them to be these lightning fast ambushes. Yeah. Uh, there's at least one in, in account I know of, of of a battle at sea around the year 1000. Wow, a sea battle between huge ships of the age and i'm like that is mental that is mad yeah because these things are fast yeah they are very quick they're very light they're very fast on the water which means that anywhere that has a coastline is fair game Mm. so thinking about events now are they events that we can prepare for Mm. are they just going to blindside us there's always going to be i mean i'm just going to kind of arrive and what can we actually prepare for that? Is there any way I'm trying. that we can anticipate that without running into Odin's don't know too much because it will just make you grim? Yeah, I'm trying to think who the guy was. I want to say Dick Cheney, but I may well be wrong. Um, there's an, uh, an American politician quite prominent who was mocked for a long time because he used this phrase, um, unknown unknowns. Okay. And actually, if you look at what he was saying, it it made perfect sense. He was basically dividing sort of intelligence Mm. into... And I forget exactly what the situation was, whether it was a a conflict they were involved with or... or, um, or, 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 I forget exactly what he was talking about, but he described the four kinds of problems that they would have to face. Mm. And he talked about the things that we know we know. Yes. And the things that we know we don't know. Yeah. And the things that we know we don't know. Yeah. Have I said that already? Yeah. Yeah. And the fourth one being the unknown unknowns. The things that we don't know we don't know. So yeah, yeah it was three. It was it was must be three <laughs> yeah. things, mustn't it? Because otherwise, the only th- the only thing left is the things that you don't know you know. And well, I suppose I don't think he yeah. mentioned that, but yeah. So he was dividing up, and it, actually, what he was saying made perfect sense. But because it sounded such like such a clunky sort of sentence, people people sort of mocked him, and, yeah. and it was yeah, one yeah, of yeah. these. Yeah. But yeah, so he was talking about you know the, the things that you know that there are dangers that you you know about. You can prepare for them. That's that's dead easy. There are things that you know that your information is lacking. You're you're short of yeah. intel on this particular thing. But you've got a rough idea, so you can you know where the blank edges are. Yeah, yeah. so you can you can sort of you can sort of set up around the the the, the, the void in your knowledge. Mm-hmm. And he said, and then there are things that you've got no idea that you don't know about, and yeah. these are the things like the Vikings suddenly arriving at your at your, your monastery. Door, you know, going we will take all your shinies tar. Yeah, yeah, that's a thing that. You know, it's not reasonable to sort of expect people to prepare for that because it's just so far out of the field of your experience. Yeah, that um, it just comes at you sideways. Yeah. Yeah, and it reminds me when you're talking about the things that we know we know and then the things that we know we don't know. Yeah. And then the things that are unknown unknowns. Yes. It reminds me of the Jahari window in psychology. Okay. Of character, of the things that you know about yourself the things that other people see in you but you don't see. Yeah, yeah. And the things that are unknown unknowns. Yeah. You know, the things that are in your character that you don't see and other people don't see. Yeah. But it turns out when the right situation comes along and you're confronted with something, 
um, that piece of your character comes out. Yeah, like yeah. you know, you're you're suddenly involved in a in a in a, you're suddenly stranded somewhere, or you're involved in some kind of disaster or what have you, and suddenly you find that you're dealing with it, you're coping somehow. <laughs> you know, yeah. um, you know, you suddenly find these reserves of of, of courage, or you know that you, you didn't know you had. I mean, we see we hear these stories all the time. You know, when disasters happen and and and, and whatever, you you will hear these stories of people who just just you know, inverted commas, ordinary people. Yeah. Um, amazing. Completely inoffensive things. And suddenly they'll go, yeah, I can handle this. And there's that kind of that unknown unknown, mm. and it's the same with these. The verses from the Havamal and from Issa as well, it's about we can prepare, but we can prepare so far. Yeah. But we can only anticipate things that within our spheres of knowledge. Mm. And sometimes things come at us completely like, say, a global pandemic that's been happening for the last 18 months. Oh, yeah, I was looking for an example of something I could have used. I could have yeah, used that. I couldn't use that. <laughs> so used to it that it's become normal now that we do these things. But, yeah, we've all been dealing with an unknown unknown yeah none of us even the seers among us didn't anticipate this coming in mm -hmm. 18 months of of this situation that's happening and we we change as human beings under pressure mm. and we've all been under constant pressure yeah. for the last 18 months to yeah. Yeah. to deal with that on top of dealing with what we deal with in our lives mm. So, yeah, maybe, yeah, it's a little bit about a sort of a, a thought run through about being prepared about where it happens in the Havamal, how it might map across to modern day situations, how yeah. we as modern heathens might look at being prepared and how we can be prepared. Can we be prepared for everything that comes? Mm. No. Do we want to? Probably not, because then we spend all our time preparing and none of it living. That's yes, that's the thing. And um, that finally puts me in mind of, um, was it somebody in one of the Terry Pratchett books? I think it was a wizard of some form who decided that he was going to try and prove himself against, against all everything. the different ways that death might take him. Yep. So he was making, he, he finished up, he was trying to safeguard him, guard himself against every possible opportunity for for death to reach him and he was like no and he finished up making um um a, a sort of a sort of box to put himself into mm -hmm. and he's like well i'll make I'll, I'll put myself in this box and i'll shield it with this and i'll coat it with that and you know i'll put it in this room where the, the this is safe and that's that's safe and whatever and he decided he was just going to live in this box and he shut the box uh, and had and had his his assistant nail it shut so he couldn't get out and nobody could open it and then and then as he's sort of sitting there thinking I've done it I've won and then he re suddenly remembered he hadn't put air holes in and you just hear this voice in all capital letters going dark in here isn't it <laughs> <laughs> yeah Terry Pratchett always represented death as the Grim Reaper who always talked in full capital in full letters. capital letters yeah they did. Yeah, that's kind of a nice point to end on because even the Allfather further on in the Havamal talks about it's better to know enough but not too much. Mm. And so it, that kind of says to me, don't prepare for every every single potential thing because then you're just preparing and you're not 
enjoying. Yeah. You're not living. You're not being. You've got no purpose in life other than preparing for what's about to happen. Yeah. And you yeah. don't know what's about to happen. You mm. can't always know it. So, yeah, lovely listeners, we're going to leave you just chilling out around the virtual campfire in the full knowledge that there is a biscuit tin around here somewhere. Have I got to give it up then? Yeah. All right. Give up Fine. the biscuit tin. Okay. Oh. Help yourselves. <laughs> <laughs> Kettle's always on around the virtual campfire. It is. We are prepared. We are. <laughs> I'm trying to think of the song now. I just keep getting that, that one line running through my head. Never mind. Okay. The song with the lion. The song with the lion. And the banshees. Not banshees. The banshees. They're not called banshees. Hyenas. Called? Hyenas, that's right. Raisins. Raisins, yes. Yes. <laughs> Lovely listeners, we're going to leave you just chilling out around the virtual campfire. Kettle's on. Biscuit tin's always full. This is us being prepared. Mm. We hope you will come and join us next time for episode 108 of Frithcast, released in a few short weeks' time. Indeed. If you would like to find us online, you'd probably know where to find us. So you'd find me, I'm Suzanne Martin, you'll find me on Facebook under that name, and you'll also find me on Twitter at Geetha in Jeans. And if you want to find me, it's a little bit trickier, but you can go to our Facebook page, which is fb.com slash frithcastpod, and find your way to, uh, you'll find a link to our Discord server there. And uh, you're more than welcome to join that. And we will, and I, I hang about in there sometimes. Yeah, we come along and chat. There are other lovely listeners in there from around the world. Mm -hmm. We have several channels and different areas of the virtual campfire site, I guess you could call it. Yeah, and we think up new channels people. quite frequently. So Hang out go, in and Shouldn't we have a channel for that? <laughs> yeah, yeah, all right, go on. One of those. <laughs> so, lovely listeners, thank you very much for joining us for this episode. We will talk to you all next time. Bye bye. Bye bye.